Welcome to January the 3rd, 2021 at Hamilton Hills Church. And you got stuck with me today. Aha. Just a kidding, just kidding. It's a privilege to be up here this morning. We're singing about um, God being able to move a mountain. And I, I want to share with you this morning a sermon entitled Prayer on Point. Did you know in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, and 24, that Jesus tells his disciples that if they have faith in God, that they can say to this mountain, move, and the mountain will move. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Um, uh, my wife calls me a, a closet country music fan. Um, you know, I'm kind of more of a hip-hop, rock and roll type guy. Um, but she says I'm a, a closet country music fan. And she might be right. She might be right. And a few, a few weeks ago, right before Christmas, uh, the men, we have a couple men's discipleship groups that here in Hamilton Hills Church. And one of the men's groups was meeting, and we were doing a devotion on prayer. And the devotion brought out this fact that Chris Stapleton, how many of you know Chris Stapleton? Yeah, I've got some country music fans in here. Uh, he, he wrote a song called Daddy Doesn't Pray Anymore. And uh, in that song, I didn't know it, you know, because uh, the rest of the song is about whiskey and stuff. But anyway, um, you know, I, di I didn't know it, but Daddy Doesn't Pray Anymore. I, I, didn't, I didn't really pick up on the fact that it was like a real spiritual song. I just like the sound of Chris Stapleton's voice. Can I get an amen? And um, anyway, he's, um, he's singing the song, and, and the, the lyrics of the song, now, now get with me on this, because the lyrics of the song are reminiscent of his dad who prayed every day. He saw his dad pray every single day. And his dad had graduated from this earth to be with Jesus in heaven. And that's why daddy doesn't pray anymore because daddy is walking the streets of gold with Jesus in heaven and in communion with God himself in heaven. And so I thought, man, that is an interesting devotion. And so many of you in 2021, as Pastor Matt has said, have already said, all right, what's my New Year's resolution going to be? Because we all kind of do that. Mine is not to eat Bev's biscuits and gravy anymore. If you don't know Bev's, don't, you don't want to know her if you're trying to lose weight. And so my, my point is this, is many of us have made New Year's resolutions already, okay? And one of, one of the things I was thinking about as I prepared this sermon on prayer was, man, how awesome would it be for my kids, kind of like that song, to remember dad being a man of prayer, to remember their dad had a prayer closet, to remember that their dad took time to be with God and it was a priority in his life. And I'll go ahead and tell you, you know, I know sometimes people look at pastors and they think, man, we've got it all together and we don't. And that's why here at Hamilton Hills Church, you are more than welcome to come next Sunday and be with us here because we say life is messy and life is messy. But I want to be known for prayer. And don't you know that, that prayer is how we make things happen, but it's not really how we make things happen. Prayer is how we spend time with God, the only one who can make anything happen, and he's the one that knows what's best for us. And as I was preparing this sermon, uh, and I was needing to send it out to the media team so that they could uh, get everything ready for today, the sermon disappeared. I mean, it just vanished. 
And you say, man, that does, that, that's just a coincidence. And no, and, and the guy sometimes accuses me maybe of uh, reading a little much into things, being a little super spiritual sometimes around here. I am the discipleship pastor, so it's kind of like what I'm supposed to do, right? And uh, the bottom line is, is it disappeared. All 1,200 words of my sermon disappeared when I was supposed to send my notes in to the media team. And so then I was like, all right, everything in the world syncs up today. It's in the cloud. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to the different devices, and I'm trying to pull it up. And don't you know, like, I click the app on my phone, for example, and when the app opens up, you know how when an app opens up, like, there's that brief moment you can kind of see what's behind it, like what's opening up? I could see my words, and then they vanished right in front of my eyes. So, you know, I got stuck in my mind and in my head. I'm going, what is this all about, Jesus? I must not supposed to say anything that I was going to say to the church today. And maybe that's true because it was gone. This is all that was left on the screen, on the notes, where I had had many, many hours across multiple days studying. This is all it said. Are you ready? This is why I firmly believe Jesus taught the disciples and teaches us to pray like this. That's it, Pastor Mark. Everything else was gone. And so I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? So then I just, you know, being who I am, I'm like, well, that must, that, that must be my leading line. So then I went to the scripture and I said, what makes a good compound sentence here? This is why I firmly believe Jesus taught the disciples and teaches us to pray like this. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles Gentiles here, meaning, let me just time out, meaning those who do not know God, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them because your heavenly father knows the things you need before you ask him. So a couple things that I wanted to start off today sharing with you, those of you attending wherever you're at here in the room, I just want you to think about this. When we pray on point, we don't pray for our words to be heard. We don't pray to be seen, and if we're going to pray in such a way that, the, that we follow after what Jesus taught his disciples to do, and in effect is teaching us to do, then we must understand that prayer is primarily, one of the main purposes of prayer is to spend time with God and to be intimate with God, who sees us in secret, who knows our heart, who knows what we need before we even ask or think it, and that is a primary purpose of prayer. Don't be like those who babble and who don't know God and who, and, and I tell people this all the time. I said, have you ever been praying and while you're praying, like you realize about 10 minutes later, you hadn't been praying to God. You just been talking to yourself. Anybody ever show of hands? Anybody ever realize you're praying yet? Yeah, thank you for being honest this morning online. You can just kind of do a little thumbs up. Like that's me. We all sometimes get stuck in our head. And when we check up, we go, okay, I just spent 15 minutes trying to figure this out on my own, and I really wasn't talking to God. Don't be like that. 
Jesus goes on to say in the Lord's Prayer, therefore, not being like that, but instead be like this, therefore you should pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or your name be honored as holy. So we start off prayer in 2021, and we realize that we pray to a living God. We realize that we pray to a God who is set apart, and according to the scriptures, there was no, there's no other God besides him. He is the only true God. And if we're honest with ourselves, we pray, but oftentimes we're not praying to God. We are stuck in our heads or we're trying to figure it out on our own. I tell people all the time, I say, you know, why is it the, the last person that we seem to talk to about a problem we have in our life is the Lord? We call all our buddies. We call sister, we call sister, I don't know, Matt, Pastor Matt. I was getting ready to say some name like Sister Fanny. Where did I get that from? We call Sister Fanny. We call Sister I must have student loan debt, Fannie Mae. I don't know. We call, we call all these people. We ask them for advice. We ask them, you know, what they think we should do. And the last person we seem to call and talk to is God. And I think the reason for that is because of this. We don't have faith in God. I don't know that we really believe that he, that he hears us and that he cares about us and that he is the one that can help us no matter what it is that we're going through and no matter what mountain we're facing so we go to everyone else and to him last. But we need to realize that hallowed be his name. He is set apart. He is holy. He is above all. I think there's a couple reasons why the church doesn't pray as it should. One, because we have our faith in ourselves. And two, as I've already stated, because we don't have faith in God. We put our faith in ourselves Instead of trusting the God who's given everything that we might know him and that his name might be known. One of the things that the Bible says in Matthew 6.33 in that same chapter where, the, where we have the Lord's Prayer is Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Can, can, can you say it with me? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, one of the reasons that I think Jesus, again, tells his disciples and teaches them to pray that way is, is, is important. It is because when you seek ye first the kingdom of God, you're seeking his will over your own. Over your own. But we spend so much time just trusting in ourselves and our strength and fighting to look to Jesus and his example and what he teaches in the Bible about prayer and about seeking God and about honoring God and about God being holy and about God being the one that can help us through whatever we face. The promises like Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It brings us to our, our main passage today as we think about prayer on point. And that is that uh, in, in Mark eleven twenty two and 25, Jesus replied to them, his disciples, who are trying to figure out something about power and something about how to uh, face difficulty and something about uh, how to make things happen in their life. And he comes to them and, and they're, they're having this conversation and Jesus replied to them, 
Have faith in God. Let me just say that again. In 2021, have faith in God. Not faith in your 401k, which is what a lot of people are thinking about, right? Not faith in a political party. You hear us preach this every week. Not faith in, in your mom or your dad. Not, not faith uh, in your spouse or, or if you're a kid and your parents. Have faith in God, Jesus says. And you call it a little bit old school today, but I got three points in a poem. Just kidding. Just kidding. Today I have three points about prayer on point. The purpose of prayer, the substance of prayer, and the power of prayer. So let's start with the purpose of prayer. When we think about the purpose of prayer, it's to participate in intimacy with God and to exercise your faith in God. To participate in intimacy with God and to exercise your faith in God. Jesus tells his disciples, have faith in God. If we could just get past ourselves in 2021, what could God do? Here at Hamilton Hills Church, uh, tomorrow we start a 21-day prayer journey. We invite everyone to participate in it individually and corporately in prayer for the next 21 days every day seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and watching to see what God will do as we all pray together. But that purpose of prayer starts with you in your prayer closet taking the time in your busy life that when you wake up, the device is telling you what to do. Facebook heard what you said before you went to bed, so it's got that, that, uh, it's got that new treadmill. It's got that, uh, that, that new thing that it, want, you know, that it wants you to buy because it heard you talking about whatever you were talking about in your New, new Year's resolution last night, and the world is coming at you, and everything is like, here, this is what you need to do with your day. This is what you do. <laughs> I'm excited. This is what you need to do with your life. No. Start your day in intimacy with a God who loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that you might be able to have eternal life, be saved, forgiven of your sins. So let me just stop right here and say this. If you're watching and you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, You're here at church today. Someone brought you. God brought you. You don't know, really know what's going on, but you're, 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 you're not able to rest, and something's just tugging at your heart and at your life. Don't fight God. He loves you so much. Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood. Gave his life three days later, was, was resurrected, was raised from the dead. Said, whoever believes in me should have eternal life. And so today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, just know that Jesus loves you. He laid down his life for you. He conquered death for you so that if you believe in him, you'll be forgiven of your sins and have eternal life. And if that's you today, that's the relationship that God calls you to. And from there, your prayer life can take off like a rocket. Make that your prayer today, to know Jesus if you don't know him. 
And so for those of us who are believers, are you listening to me? It's not, it's not really like the easiest thing to preach about prayer because prayer is hard. If prayer wasn't so hard, then why do we fail at it so much? Why do, why do, we, why do we fail to participate in it? Why do we, why do we fail to, to, to be great at prayer because it's tough? Listen to what R.C. Sproul says about prayer. He says, simply put, prayer has a vital place in the life of the Christian. One might pray and not be a Christian, but one cannot be a Christian and not pray. Let me just stop right there. Some of you will take issue with that statement. And you'll say, well, I'm a Christian and sometimes I don't pray. Listen, to be a Christian is to have a relationship with Jesus, the one, he gave, the one who gave his life for you. So to be a Christian and not to live and breathe and walk and exercise that relationships means something is wrong. And yes, we go through periods and yes, prayer is hard, but you have to know that a believer is supposed to pray and one of the greatest things that you have, one of the greatest weapons and one of the greatest privileges you have as a believer is to pray. He goes on to say that prayer is to the Christian what breath is to life, yet no duty of the Christian is so neglected. Would you agree with that? Yet so, no no duty of the Christian is so neglected, he says. And one of the reasons that I think this is the case, church, is everybody awake? If you're awake, just give me like a amen. Amen. Oh, man, that sounds old school too. It's like an old school sermon. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, listen. Prayer, that's not, it's been around a long time. Jesus models it. And one of the reasons I think in America, especially for the American church, so to speak, that it is so hard for us to pray is because we don't understand who God is in our life. I want to put this verse on the screen. Romans 8.15, it says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You see, when you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, you're free from sin. You're, he's, he's freed you from your past life. You've been made a new creature in Jesus Christ. And, and there's, no, there's no fear to fall back into that slavery. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption. Now that, now that you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life, you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That language right there. And we talk about the purpose of prayer being, being that of having intimacy and communion and fellowship with God. That Abba Father right there, that word is one of the strongest words that we see in the Bible to denote intimacy. It, it's also translated daddy or papa. Daddy or papa. You know, we just, uh, we just drove back from <clears throat> southern Virginia it took about 11 hours in the car with a wife and four kids. Can you talk about needing prayer? Amen. I told Kelly about five times coming down the road, I said, can you just pray again? Just pray one more time. Pray for the wife, pray for the kids, pray for the little one. And the little one, she's seven. Her name's Tegan. And this is the first year she's done well at traveling like that. Normally, I don't know if I want kids by the time we get back. Just kidding. She did really good. So last night, she crawled up in my lap, 
And uh, I said, baby, you did such a good job this year. I'm so proud of you the way you did traveling and everything. And I gave her a little kiss on the forehead and she hugged me and she kissed me on my cheek and she said, daddy, you did such a good job getting us to see Nana and Papa and then getting us back to Indiana. And we had this precious moment where that little one had trusted me to get her somewhere and to get her back safely and she and there was this warm moment and don't you understand that in America I think we treat God like he's some genie in the bottle we only go to him when we need something or when we're in trouble and the whole time he's Abba Father and he's waiting for us to crawl up in his lap he's waiting to have this intimate moment with us he's wanting you to he's wanting you to come and be in his embrace I hope that makes sense to you. And when that's who God is to you, prayer is different than some duty or some thing that we neglect. It's something that we know we need and we shouldn't neglect. A few years ago, me and my best friend back home, we, we usually go to the ACC tourney. Um, and then, you know, I moved here and then there's the pandemic and now there's supposed to be March Madness in Indiana, and I don't know if that's going to happen. It's just heartbreaking if you're a basketball fan. But I'm an ACC guy. I get a lot of booze around here. I won't tell you who I pull for. <clears throat> go Duke. Go Duke. Um, I know. You hate me already. You're not going to listen to anything else I have to say. But we go, we go to that tourney every year. It was kind of a tradition for me and him. As, as, it was one thing that my wife knew I was going to do, and she would just forgive me for, you know, like, didn't really ask. Like, she just knew it was going to happen, and she loved me anyway. And we went, and we're, we're there, and we got a hotel room this one night because we had tickets for, like, a number of days. And uh, he was in the shower for, like, 50 minutes. I'm like, man, we're going to miss the first game, dude. I'm knocking on the door. I'm like, I still need to get in there, bro. He comes out. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Like, dude, you're worse than my wife. If you know my wife, that's not true because she'd rather be playing softball and, and watching football with the boys anyway. But I'm like, man, what are you doing, bro? And he's like, man, you need to check up, dude. Like, whatever you insinuating. He's like, I'm in there praying, man. Oh, yeah. Clever answer, right? No. No, he was for real. And he punked me really bad. <laughs> And he said, man, I don't know what's going to happen. If my prayer list gets any longer, I'm going to have to get a bigger hot water heater at the house. Because he'd made that his prayer closet. Listen, it's important that you spend time with God and you spend time talking to him about the things you're struggling with, talking about the sins you struggle with, talking about the things you're worried about, talking about the things you're anxious about, talking about the things you don't know how they're going to work out, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and spending time with God, spending time with God, acknowledging who he is, just being in love with him. And if it takes you an hour and you're late for work, I didn't say that. Don't come, get, don't go get fired. I'm just saying. Make time. To pray. The purpose of prayer. The next point is the substance of prayer. The substance of prayer. Jonathan Edwards says this, extraordinary prayer is united, persistent, and kingdom-centered. United, persistent, and kingdom-centered. 
I feel like somebody should have got me a handkerchief for Christmas. Whew. Three characteristics of prayer on point, if you're taking notes. This is important. Number one, a continual acknowledgement of one's need for grace, confession of sins, and the humble heart before God. When we come to God in prayer in 2021, we need to come to God acknowledging that we need him, that we need his mercy and his grace every single day. That we need to be honest and humble before him, confessing our sins, acknowledging our need for him, acknowledging the fact that we're nothing apart from Jesus, and have a humble heart before him. He sees right through it all anyway. There's a lot of things I remember reading Tim Keller one time. There's a lot of things that we can do to fool people. We can fool people that we work with. They can think that we're spiritual. They can think we have it all together. We can, we, we, there's a lot of people that we can appear to be one way when we're really not, but there's one person who sees through it all, and that's God. So a humble heart before him, knowing that he knows who we really are already anyway. Number two, three characteristics of prayer on point. Number two, a compassion and a zeal for the flourishing of the church and the reaching of the lost. And number three, a yearning to know God, to see his face, to glimpse his glory. These three things I call biblical characteristics of prayer on point. These three things you need to make sure in 2021 as a church, as we kick off our 21 days of prayer individually and corporately, that you're mindful of in your prayer life. They'll take you a long way. The next thing I want to talk to you about is the power of prayer. D.A. Carson says that a prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless church, again, is a powerless church. And we want to see God move in, 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 in mighty ways in 2021. I think sometimes you forget that you're connected to other people. The Bible says that we're all baptized by one spirit into one body. And there are people sitting to the left and right of you, and they, they need a breakthrough. They need strongholds broken, just like we sang about this morning. They, they need mountains moved in their life. There are things that they're praying for. There's things that they're on their knees about. There's things that they're waiting. This God to move on their behalf. And I just want to invite you this year to pray having faith in God. And understand that the power of God is something that we experience when we take Jesus at his word and we learn from his example and we rightfully understand our place in the universe and that is that we are here and that God is here and that we can't do anything apart from him. When we look in scripture, we see passages that encourage us to pray. We'll put a few on the screen. Ask and it will be given to you. Matthew 7, 7, if two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Matthew 21, 22. <clears throat> I forgot what it was like to preach with a mic. I should hold it like right here. Be cool. Prayer. Prayer on point, guys. Taking Jesus at his word. Let's go back to our main passage in closing, Mark eleven twenty two 22 to 25. 
a little context here. They, uh, they'd been coming back from somewhere, and Jesus had recently uh, cursed a, a tree, and it wasn't producing any fruit, and Jesus was uh, desirous of that when they went by it. And uh, it didn't yield anything, and so he cursed the tree, and he, he says of the tree, it won't, it won't ever produce anything again. And, and, and Jesus has been performing miracles in his ministry on earth, and the power of God has been being demonstrated as Jesus is doing all these amazing things in his ministry. And the disciples have these questions running through their mind. They're trying to figure out how all this stuff works. And Jesus says, have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says that this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You see, prayer on point is pointed toward God and it points out what we are believing about God. See, a lot of times what happens is when we read that passage, you just heard me read that passage, we go straight to the mountain. We go straight to, man, if I can just conjure up enough faith, or if, there's just, if I could just be a better believer, if I could just be a better Christian, if, if, if I just had more faith, if, if I could just, and, and we're, somehow we're back to self again. Like if we believed harder, or if we could do something more, then the mountain would move. And Jesus simply says, go back to the first four words, have faith in God. This year in 2021, have faith in God. There will be mountains. That metaphorically, there will be circumstances. Some of you right now are staring a mountain in the face, and you just want to know, well, when's, when, when will it move, and when will it shift, and when will this change, and when will this get may, be made right? Have faith in God. It's not belief in ourself. It's not belief in our own goodness and our own strength. When Jesus talks about this mountain being lifted and thrown into the sea, he talks about us not doubting in our heart, he talks about us believing. Believing in who? Have faith in God. Trust his will for your life. We look to Jesus to get answers. I've shared a lot of scripture with you. Traditionally, in some churches, they would have you stand up when it's red letter in your Bible. And you would have been doing a lot of standing today. I don't know if many of you realize that almost every scripture that I've shared with you today has been Jesus' very words. He gives us the truth and he gives us the answers and, and he answers questions that we have along the way. And here's a real practical one for you in closing for everyone listening. Is there a right and a wrong time to pray? And there's not. Now, I want to share one of my favorite verses with you. And I'll let you into 
my, my life a little bit, and we'll put it on the screen. It's Isaiah 54. It's this crazy, awesome uh, prophetic passage. It's a messianic prophetic passage from the Old Testament that gives us a little glimpse into a relationship between the Heavenly Father and the Son and the Eternal Godhead. Talking about the Triune Godhead, I know that's a whole other sermon, okay? Pastor Mark would be glad to preach that one and explain that. Uh, but it's a little glimpse between the relationship between the Father and the Son. And it says the Lord God, talking about Jesus uh, being, uh, uh, and, and the, the Lord God has given me, me, Jesus, the tongue of those who are instructed to know how to sustain the weary one with the word. And let me just stop right there and say, if you want to be a blessing in 2021, and you want to have a word to help people along the way, no matter what they're facing in their life, you need to spend time with God in prayer, because that's where you get the word. He awakens me. The Father woke the Son each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. Morning by morning by morning by morning by morning, the Father and the Son commune together. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to do it in the morning. And here's why I would say that. Let's put the next scripture on the screen. The Apostle Paul says that we're to pray constantly. Can I just get you to say that with me? There's no right or wrong time to pray because we're supposed to pray constantly. So just say that with me. One, two, three. We are to pray. Oh man. Let's wake up and say it so that everybody listening can hear you in the room. One, two, three. We are to pray constantly. That's what 2021 needs to be for us this year. Believers are to be in a continual state of communion with the Heavenly Father. I have a question I just want you to think about as Pastor Matt gets ready to come and close this service out. How have you experienced God working through your prayer life? I don't ask you that question to be down on yourself. I'm not asking you that question so you could be like, man, I'm a horrible prayer. Or man, I'm just pitiful. I'm asking you that question because there is a God who loves you and he wants to spend time with you and he wants you to come to him with all of those fears and worries and anxieties. He wants you to trust in him with everything. He wants you to believe in him. So I'm asking you that question. So going into 2021, you will spend time with the Heavenly Father and you will wait and you will watch and you will see him work on your behalf. He will show you things and he will act on your behalf and you will have a story to tell but you must pray. Would you stand to your feet? If you just bow your eyes and, oh, bow your heads and close your eyes. Can't really bow your eyes, can you? I just want you to just take a moment in the awkward moment of silence and understand this is the most important time of this whole gathering that you choose to walk out of here today 
having made a commitment, not a resolution, that you're going to take advantage of a prayer life with a God who loves you so much. And so, Father, I pray over each and every person. I don't want anyone to raise hands or to to make any kind of public anything right now, Father. I just want people to think about the seriousness of how we must pray. And if there's anyone who does not have a relationship with Jesus here in person or watching online, I pray that they would find a pastor or a fellow believer that is a friend of them, Father, and that they would accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior right now today. 